Hello, hello, and welcome to another very special episode of Sweet 12 Podcast. With you as always, Brian and Ryan. No, not always. <laughs> not always. I took the week off and I'm back now, so we are we are back full, up, to, up to full force here. Full force and another mobile and another mobile sound system though. Yeah, we, yeah, uh, yeah, this is the third week in a row where we haven't kept anything the same. So that's alright though, it's how we uh it's what keeps us on our toes. It's <laughs> always changing yes. something about our setup. Um I alluded to it last week. I didn't really do a long podcast last week. I kind of need somebody else to talk with me because I get lonely and sad. Um, but we are going to do kind of a daredevil overview, reflection, something, spoilerific, terrific show overview review. There's something in there that we're going to do. I don't know. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't decided the official name Something's going to happen. We're going to talk about a few people. And a few episodes, maybe all of the episodes. Definitely all, yeah. But we we both binged it when it first came out, like I'd mentioned last time. I did we, it in two days. Did you do it in two days? I did not. I had my kids that weekend. Uh, so, of course, I couldn't watch it as much. But I did finish it in three days, I believe. Uh, four days. I didn't start... I didn't start until, I think, Friday night, and then Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night. Uh, three days. Mm-hmm. I did it within 72 hours. But we're going to talk about Daredevil, kind of things that we liked, things that we didn't like. Uh, we'll kind of rate it amongst the other superhero shows and movies that are out now, you know, sort of against its peers, and maybe even kind of all time, see where we rank it. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of anything that we may have picked up on that, that we're excited to see in the future, because this was just season one, so we will have a season two. Well, not a confirmed season two, but I wouldn't see why not, seeing as how how much people are loving the show. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk. That's a good time to we'll, do it. We'll probably just talk. I don't think it. anybody has anything bad to say about the show. Uh, Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, said uh, that it was too violent. Uh, he won't watch it. No, okay. He said no, he, he still watches it. He yeah. watches everything that Netflix brings out because okay. he's the CEO. He just said that he won't watch it because it's too violent, but he does like what it brings to okay. Netflix's okay. talent. He, okay. he says it's too violent. I, I, you worried me. I thought he was going like, to tone it down for season Oh, two. no, he doesn't care. He, okay. he likes that they have the freedom to do that. It's just not a show he likes to watch. Got it. Okay. Okay, so that's... Okay, that's totally different. But it's still... That's, There's it, something negative to say about it, but it wasn't like, this show is bad because... It's just, he has a different no. taste yes. of what the show should be. So, yes. Okay. We can't have different tastes. What are you talking about? Yeah, I can have different tastes. That's fine. So, so I got into it a little bit last week. I guess we can start off Right away again as to what the hell it is, if anybody who doesn't know. Um, Daredevil is the Netflix TV show about the Marvel superhero, Daredevil. Yay! He originated in the 60s, uh, was kind of uh, a unique take on the superheroes of the time, because he wasn't the standard superpowers mutant uh, get your powers from something and, and having all those extra frills and bells and whistles that come with them. He was the victim of an accident uh, that made him blind, and as such, since he was blind, he had his, his other senses kind of became enlarged, so he was able to, like, super hear and super smell. And right, and like he that. can still see, but it's, it's totally different from... He's not. Yeah. He's not seeing. He's what he's doing is he's piecing together through his senses right. what the surroundings are because he had to teach himself to do that. Right. Um. So the show doesn't pick up with like 
a good a big origin story, which is good. It no, doesn't need to. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, that was the part that I really liked about it the most. It it, it does start out showing you how his accident happened, but they don't dwell on it for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an episode. Right, right. It's the first 10 minutes of the show, not even, right before the credits, or right before the opening sequence, the title sequence happens. And they kind of show him that he, he saved a, a guy from getting killed in a chemical spill, but he in turn was splashed with the chemicals that blinded him. Mm-hmm. And his father found him, and uh, the story... You know, really kind of picks up from there, and it, that, that, that's sort of the, the narrative. One of the one of the B narratives for the first few episodes is the relationship between his father and and, 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 and him. him yeah. So uh, Charlie Cox plays Matt Murdock, Daredevil. I talked about this last episode. I don't want to get too spoilers. What if people don't know who Daredevil's secret identity is? I, Charlie Cox is not a secret identity. Nobody said Daredevil, Matt Murdock. Oh, I think it's pretty blatantly obvious <laughs> since the first scene is Matt Murdock, and then the second. Seen as Daredevil. Anyway, I'm not. I already said it was spoilerific. So, if you haven't watched Daredevil, don't listen to this. We'll try to keep it close to spoiler-free, but I can't make any guarantees. That's, no, that's gonna be possible. No, we we may not spoil the ending of the show, but we will be spoiling episodes in not in their entirety, but there will be key plot points, I'm sure, that we will touch base on, even if I try not to. Um, but the, the show starts out with with Matt Murdock and his friend, college roommate, uh, Foggy Nelson. Uh, starting their law firm in Hell's Kitchen. They had internships at a big law firm. Uh, I forget the name of it. Uh, Lend something. Yeah, Lend, I, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, but they decided that they didn't like it there. They were miserable and they wanted to do something for the good, for the greater good, instead of being stuck at a at a law firm who's you know protecting corporations and everything. So they become defense attorneys on their own. And their first client ends up being uh, their their receptionist, who becomes a receptionist, uh, Karen Page. Mm-hmm. Um, she is framed, supposedly, uh, framed for a murder that was committed. And this kind of sets off the chain of events to the whole show, um, which, which is great that they were able to focus still having this main narrative be from beginning to end. And it still doesn't even necessarily resolve itself at the end, but there is some sort of closure to, to a point. Um, but she ends up murdering, or she's ends up getting framed for, or she was uh, arrested for, for at least murder on, on her coworker. Uh, and she woke up in her uh, apartment. The person was dead in front of her, and she had a knife in her hand, and there was blood everywhere. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's clearly some sort of evidence there that would show that she didn't uh, do it. That, that she did do it, but of, of but course she did do it. Yeah, yeah. she's made. She's. But you I mean, know it. Not even drinking today. So it, it, it really the first couple episodes they don't they, they kind of revolve around the daredevil mythos a little bit. They don't. It, it's more kind of setting up the characters without giving long backstory origins episodes. It's just kind of these these are the three main players of of the show, and then they do mention the overall antagonist of the show, who is not said by name at all in this episode. Uh, not in the first. He's a couple episodes. He's not. He well. He he's given his name, but he's never given the name of his villain character. Oh, they never say that. Say Nobody said it. He didn't even call no, himself I said that. You can say. It. You know, it's a tiptoe around. I'm not there yet. Anyway, so the bad guy doesn't have a name yet. He's got somebody in the front working for him. James Wesley working for him, kind of being his right hand man. Which I loved that character. He's not from the comics, but I love that character. He has actually introduced in the Daredevil movie. 
which is interesting with Batfleck in it. I, I think that that James Wesley character having that right hand man to to Kingpin right. is 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 just great. Uh, it adds a little bit of depth to him, and it kind of helps flow. You know, make the story uh, when, it, when it makes its twists and turns. You know, he's a part of that, and it really starts to show the downfall of of everything. And he's you know sort of still trying to be that that solid rock for Kingpin, but he ends up not being able to continue to do that. Um, I mean, I don't want to give episode synopsis, synopsis of every episode. Nope, that that's what a, we're going to do. That would be a very long podcast. <laughs> um, but, just, I mean, just the first episode in general is good at setting up each of the characters. You know, you've got Daredevil, you know, a highly Catholic uh, lawyer who, you know, who's coming to terms with, with what he's doing, you know, while still trying to maintain some sort of, uh, not necessarily innocence with, with God, but still consulting his his reverend, his minister. Right. You know, he still looks for guidance, which is, which is great. I mean, yeah. that, that adds such a level to this character because, you know, for one, he's already living a paradox. He's a lawyer defending people against crimes that they've committed, yet he has to commit crimes in order to gather information about certain people that he may be defending or other, other things. You know, vigilance, you know, you can't be a vigilante. That's just, that's against the law. So he has to do that in order to, to continue to be who he is. But that's, he's kind of a, he's a, he's a self-paradoxal superhero. And, and, and the, the, the religious aspect of him, I think, is huge in kind of helping to ground him as well. Because he's, he's never asking for forgiveness on this, but he is always trying to find some sort of balance to, well, you know, is, is, this, is this okay? Or how far can I go? You know, and, and, the, and the minister who actually plays a larger part of, uh, in the later episodes, he's huge in the comics. He's, you know, he is that constant. You know, if, if Wesley is kind of that rock to 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 Kingpin in the first couple episodes, the minister is definitely a Daredevil's rock because he can't. You know, Foggy doesn't know that he's Daredevil, and he doesn't have any excuse me anybody else. And the minister kind of knows. He figures it out. Right. He kind of knows, and he's able to give him. That, that guidance and, and, and a little, little bit of help. He's not, you know, he's, he, the, the preacher will never tell him to kill anybody or hurt anybody or do any of that. Right. But he's able to, to, to be there as kind of a, like a, like a talking. Like a, like well, a, he helps of, him. I feel he helps him justify it a little bit. Like he's not thrilled at what he's doing, but he knows he's making the city a better place. So the preacher has, uh, he, he understands more. He's just, he's just more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not as apprehensive to tell him, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing this, Matt. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's just kind of going, yeah, you're doing all right, but, you know, make sure you don't kill anybody kind of thing. So it was, it was really good. I, it, there's, just, there's so much to cover, and that's, and that's really troublesome because we, we don't have any talking points. We're just going to keep on. See if we can organically make a, make, a, make a conversation out of this. You might have to. Um, that's what we were going to do anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe we should just go through characters quick. You know, what kind of characters? Who are your favorite characters <laughs> in the show? I mean, besides, besides, Burnham? we're gonna say besides Daredevil because yeah. he is the main character. What kind right. of secondary ancillary characters? Who did you like? What who who acted well? Who didn't? Maybe live up to who you thought they would be in the show. And who? Do you have any of those? Well, I hope I hope it's not the end of a Sarah Dawson's character. I, I didn't like her. I don't. I, mean, I thought they were gonna be a little love interest for a while. Mm-hmm. Up until the secretary came in and started, I mean, the, her relationship's been weird because Foggy's trying to hit on her a little bit, and I'm gonna over here that works better. 
yeah. Foggy's, Foggy's trying to hit on her a little bit. It doesn't really work in the beginning. And then, you know, I, I did a little snooping of my own and found out that she's also going to be a love interest later, or maybe not. I don't know, think depending what they're going to do. Not with the way that the show looked. I don't think Karen and Matt will get together. Huh? But, I mean, Matt's not even really going after Karen anymore either. He's going after uh, Marcy. There's an old lawyer friend that she and Lisa sitting with when they were having a fight. You mean Foggy? Yeah, Foggy and Marcy. Yeah, I, oh, I thought you said Matt. No, I said Matt and Karen are going to get together. I don't think so. Gotcha, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. No, because he's, he's, yeah, he's with that other lawyer, but, and that's fine. Um, Let's see, other, other characters, I thought the Kingpin was great. Excuse me. Wilson, Wilson Fisk um, was great. Um, you deserve money for that. I, I thought, <laughs> I, I wasn't really sure, you know, because... He's the the main villain in Daredevil's world. <laughs> so when you have this character that you don't see or they don't really technically acknowledge by name at all within the first couple episodes of the no, series. The employer. Yeah, the employer, your boss. We, yeah. You wouldn't like it. So you know, everybody gets upset. You know, So they really do a, a great job of kind of just stretching out this little piece of, of the puzzle that they quite haven't you know, shown the viewers yet. You, everybody that reads Daredevil comics or has seen Spider-Man – uh, the animated series or, mm-hmm. you know, seen the, the Daredevil movie or, you know, anything there, there's ways to, to, to know, you know, about, about, uh, mm-hmm. William, uh, Wilson Fisk. Yeah. So when, when they see him finally, I'm thinking, okay, this is all right. And, you know, I wasn't really sure what to make of him in the beginning. I, I wanted his voice to be a little deeper, but then all of a sudden he, he does, he gets deeper, he gets angrier. He has these violent fits of rage. And I thought that that fits so well. With, with what the show is trying to do. I think the passive use of his voice, though, was a big part of his character. He's made him so good because he yeah. did show that he never had to. He was, no. he was the king. He was the king of Hell's Kitchen forever, you know, in the background right. of organized crime. And, and then there, now he's doing, you know, he has Wesley doing everything, but once things start to unravel, he needs to come out into the public face and then be uh, the fake kind of savior. Of, of the area, you know, he's, he's obviously doing everything that he's doing for for nefarious uh, reasons, but but he needs to be out there, you know, and kind of his, his love interest, Vanessa, kind of help, you know, helped him with that. Right. You know, you know Vanessa's kind of an interesting character, I'm going to say more about her, um, because she is different in the show than she is in the comic book. Um, in, in the comic book, she actually doesn't, she doesn't quite approve of the the things that Kingpin does. The the goings on. Yeah, so she she doesn't really appre- approve of those. Whereas in the TV show, she embraces it. She actually helps him, right? Uh, kind of embrace who he needs to be uh, in order for Hell's Kitchen to become uh, popular, profitable, whatever you know, to, to, to get it back under his control because it's been kind of lost for so long. Right. Um. So Vanessa, the, the character of Vanessa, I, I really found fascinating. Uh, and, and very intriguing. She, she had multiple layers uh, to her because she kind of looked at the beginning like she didn't want to have any part of this guy's life, and then she realized kind of the power that, that she could have in, in order uh, with, with being with him. So I, I did enjoy really her her transformation from being the, the art owner to you know to literally his his his. Love, his girlfriend, love, his love interest. And, and they, they will get married. I mean, potentially later his wife. I'm yeah. sure they'll get married. That, that's going to be a huge I mean, part of it. Vanessa. I mean, that's who yeah. he marries. That's yeah. who he's supposed to marry. So, so 
It's, it's, it was really good to see her. I really liked her little wine saying her transformation. You know, when he met her at first, I didn't really realize who she was until he said, you know, until I was like, oh, Vanessa, duh. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the of that that Spider Man, uh, I'm gonna keep her for all my Kingpin knowledge. Really comes from the Daredevil movie, but but more so than anything else is that Spider Man animated series that was on in the late 90s, mm-hmm. late to mid 90s, and which he was a very big bil- villain in that, and I loved it. And so hopefully, not hopefully, but not that I didn't like Wesley. I thought he was a fantastic character, but I'm really looking forward to Alistair Smythe. Uh, coming in and mm-hmm. you know and being the new right hand man, which I was like, oh, that's got to be Alistair Smith because they don't say Wesley's name for yeah. a while, and then they they reveal Wesley. I'm like, who the hell is that? So I looked it up, and it's like, oh, he's not even a real character. They they developed him from the movie, which is fine. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I love the character. I thought he was fantastic, but now that he's dead, that hope, you know that's just going to open the door for Alistair Smith, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I love Alistair Smith. I think he's such a such a badass. He's really cool. Yeah, the the whole the whole kind of the dichotomy of all the villains, uh, the way that the structure was, that, that was great. And you could see each piece of it was crumbling right before Kingpin's doings. You know, it was, you know Murdoch was, wasn't doing much, but he was doing enough to help make, to help draw and, and make people, um, I can't think of the word. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, unease with, with all of what Kingpin is doing. Right. Uh, because they, you know, some people thought that the masked man, the man in the mask, was was working for uh, Wilson Fisk, trying to, to help kind of pick off um, other pieces of, of his organization. So, you know, Kingpin Wilson didn't really do anything about that. He just let people believe that. Uh, and then finally, he had to come out and say that he wasn't part of it when they were framing, you know, Daredevil for everything. Um, but I, th- I think that you know, having having the different groups you know having and seeing how different they were you had the you know you had the, the russians who were controlling distribution of, of the of the drugs and then how they were very untrusting of, of everything that was going on then you had the chinese the, the triads who were manufacturing and which, which were madame gow yeah. she's a huge part of the comics and yeah she'll be a bigger part in, in other series too like blue page series that's coming out she's probably i think she'll have a major part in that because that's a huge part of the luke cage comic series right um and then you had uh, the money guy who I forget his name now, uh, Leslie, uh, something or other. He, you know, he's a huge part. He's the one who's pushing the money everywhere to make it not look suspicious. And you know, so Wilson ends up not believing, not trusting in any of these people, and you know, that causes so many issues that that kind of come to light at the end of the series. Yeah, which is great because that you you know you see that you know Daredevil is kind of picking off these organizations and and making them not trust each other yeah. and and having them fight with each other, which is working to his benefit. So it was really cool to, to kind of see that happen over the stage. And um, yeah, I mean that, that's really it. That 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 was the the, the big thing that that Ryan was saying. Mm-hmm. So um, Vanessa kind of is that catalyst of everything going wrong, right? Which which she doesn't see it. But but she definitely does do a lot of things. Well, she doesn't do she doesn't do a lot, but she does change his tone, and he starts to kind of get lax, and he starts to gets a little softer. Yeah, and and then while well, that's good for his character development, it was terrible for his his uh, his business. Yeah, his yeah. Business so went, went down the went down the shithole. Um, and then stick. We talk about it a little bit. Stick, yeah, he, which is really cool. He he turned out to be one of the people that. I love to hate. He's such an ass to man. He's supposed to be. I, I know. I, I get that. I understand that. He's, he's, I, I know that that's his character. And I said that I'm like, God damn it, I hate him so much. And I wanted Matt to beat him so bad when they fought. Oh, 
I want, I was rooting for Matt so hard. I'm like, he better be this guy's ass. Yeah. I like the end where they kind of allude to Stone. Yes. The other, the other guys, yep. the Stick and Stone. Yep. You know, there's, they've kind of revealed a lot of people in that ninja, the, uh, the ninja group that Electra was part of too. Right. Um, I don't think we'll see Electra. I hope, I mean, it doesn't matter if we do or not, but I, I, I do, I do like that they're going to start referencing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be, that, that might be a, a huge part of the show. That'd be okay. So, and then there was one other character I wanted to talk about. Um, who was it? We got Stick. Was it Foggy? Uh, no, that wasn't Foggy. I have nothing against Foggy. He, he, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. When he came in, he was Matt's best friend. He flipped out when they saw him. Where he saw that he was Daredevil. So I, I thought that was great. Yeah, he. I, th- I think the whole. I think that whole re- reveal and then the backstory it was played out very well. I think I think that was a really good uh, part of the episode, and, um, and and I think Elton I forget his name Elton Hansen or El, uh, whoever played the whoever played Foggy um, he's more famous Fulton Reed Fulton Reed yes from Mighty Ducks um, I think he was actually uh, a very key part of. Of, of yeah, Elden Hansen. I think I think he's a huge part of of Daredevil's life, and 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 especially in the comics, he you know they they're they're always together. They're, they are like inseparable best friends, and the, the fact that like Brian alluded to that he you know found out about Matt and, and being Daredevil, and he was extremely upset because he, he didn't know what to what to think anymore. And I, I think that was a great. That was a great couple episode arc where they just weren't talking anymore because, you know, it, it basically he felt like he was betrayed by his best friend because he didn't tell him that he was the man in the mask. He pretended that things were, were that he was blind and helpless. Yeah, and he, he was, was he was falling a lot and that's why I was getting hurt. getting hit by cars yeah. and, and all these other things. And you know, in the comics, it wasn't until the big reveal of the all the superheroes where where he, Foggy finds out. Um, he's not as I don't think he's as upset, or at least he didn't. It didn't seem to me that he was upset because they're still partners now. But I think I think I think yeah, in the limits for a while, that whole in, really in the in the limits of what you have for the TV show, that was great because he, they were completely upset with each other for one episode, and then they spent the last three episodes mending those bridges uh, because they realized that they do need each other, and not just in the superhero sense, but you know they're friends, they're college roommates, they're they're their coworkers, you know, they're, they have a lot of history and they can't just erase that because he was upset that he wasn't told about what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I want to touch base quick. We didn't talk about her, uh, Claire, sorry, Dawson's character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think her name's, uh, what's her last name? Is it Claire Reed? I don't remember. Um, Claire Temple. Claire Temple. Um, she's supposed to be, she's a new character, but she's supposed to be kind of the, the night nurse of the show so so night nurse is another marvel character and one who kind of does mend night nurse you know she mends the heroes and everything of the night of the night she's a lady of the night but she's a nurse of the night (laughs) um and i I wish they would have done more with her character um she seemed to be the first person to i mean she was the first person to find out about matt but he was called mike (laughs) Uh until she until he revealed the real name um, and then she, you know, she ends up leaving at the end of the episode to take a vacation to get away from all of this. And, you know, she, she does say that, that she'll be back when, you know, that if he needs, if he needs her, she'll be back. So I hope, I hope she comes back. I like the character. Yeah. She had an interesting dynamic. There was a love interest there. Uh, definitely. And, and the, the, I don't think they're going to continue to play off that, but maybe she'll come back. 
and there will be some extra tension, some some love interest tension there. Yeah, yeah, I hope I hope so. You know, it's always a good first choice. I hope um, add it to like yeah. love triangle and then drag it out. I don't see the show doing that based on what I've seen no. in season one. That would be a complete oh. direction change in in the show yeah. if they were to do that. Okay. Um, now let's talk about um, the, the show, like this the show itself. You know, and like just how dark and gritty it actually was. And it really surprised me being. And I didn't know it was going to be TVMA, but it was. Yeah. And I mean, they show so broken bones that you know snapped off, and the constant blood that was just everywhere. It's a very bloody, violent show. Like a like a head falling off of a guy getting smashed into a car. Yes. Yes. That was gruesome. That was that was that was terrible. Oh, the blood was just dripping down through the doors, and you're sitting there going like, "Oh my god!" And I just stop and like, "What is this rated? Yeah, no, this I, is insane." I knew it was TVMA from kind of reading up on it before it was aired, and I'm glad that it was TVMA, but it wasn't because of the gratuitous language. Because language is a, I think language is a bullshit reason to get higher ratings. Correct. But, you know, and it wasn't quite all that violent with the exception of a few scenes, but it was just so real. Yeah. Like, like, like there's very few superhero shows that, that kind of have a, a sense of realism uh, to them. But this was definitely a superhero show. Think about it. The, what other superhero show that you can think of that the, that the hero gets winded? Yeah. I mean, there's so many yeah. smaller that things was, about this. That, that small room fight. The, the, the pure five-minute scene amazing. shot in one take. In one take was absolutely amazing. Where he's just leaning up against the wall and just can't even lift up his hands. Or he's so tired he can't put his hands on his knees and bend over. He's just using the wall for mm-hmm. support. He's just exhausted. I mean, and you, you don't see that anywhere where people just get that tired. Like, maybe I'm Dark Knight Rises... Where, you know, Batman's just got to, you know, go to the next level. He's just getting exhausted, mm-hmm. beating down on Bane. You kind of see that a little bit. But this one just takes it to the next level. This is what's supposed to happen when you have but it these was... humans, mm-hmm. you know, trying to go out and, and, and fight at, at such a high level. And it, it wasn't even just the whole room scene. It was every fight scene. Yes. Every little yes. thing like that. People people get tired. Could There's fatigue. Feel, you could feel that they were actually working at what they were trying to do. You right. Know, you think of, like, the Avengers movies and how much they fight in that movie. Right. And even the people like Black Widow and Hawkeye are not wheezed or no or at the end of the sh- i mean the only one who really is ends up being iron man and, and he has no reason to be because he just he's, flies around in yeah he flies around in a suit <laughs> what, what energy is he exerting yeah to to do that um which that was one thing i always hated about the avengers movies when he was pushing the the propellers to keep the the keep the ship stabilized yeah he acted like it was hard on him like it was so strong that he couldn't push it but yet the suit is doing the pushing for him <laughs> I think it's more like a mental thing because he's got to be in the suit and driving around, around, around in the circle, maybe. Okay, maybe, but that, that, that's off topic a little bit. Yeah. But you know, every every sequence, every even just short sprints and things, you could see that they were getting uh, fatigued, and yeah. that, that's one small thing about the show that just adds so much depth and realism yeah. to the show. That, uh, it's like how they how they decided to, to create it and give it this again, I'm going to say this dark mm-hmm. feel to it and this this realistic. Uh, uh, show that they that they created. It, it was so fantastic. I think the colors that they used were great. They didn't yeah. oversaturate with beautiful, you know, Disney esque kind of no. happy happy hues. It's it's very it's dark it's hues. Normal, and then until the red comes on the scene with the blood, and and I like how during the Wari, yeah, before he was Daredevil in, the, in his uh, mask with his mm-hmm. mask, but he's got like red stitching on his black suit. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And it, just the whole, the use of the use of the lighting and um, 
and this is getting this is still kind of a, I'll, I'll transition into something else but just the like like his apartment and you know, how he got a good deal on his apartment and it's, a, it's such a dark apartment except for a big billboard across the street yeah. it's the lighting that comes in is very ominous towards like the city kind of beaming into him and he's stuck in the dark corner you very rarely see him in his apartment when it's like when when it's light, mm-hmm. he, you know, he doesn't turn lights on because he's blind. Mm-hmm. So you very rarely see it where he's got people over. It's, it's only daytime. There's only a couple times. I think there was turn the light on, so you don't really get a good look at his at his apartment. I thought for a while that he was just living in this dumpy apartment, just like his law office, until they showed a scene where I think it was daylight in his apartment when he when what's her face came over and he was getting her. He's like, "Do you want coffee?" And he's like, "You know, trying to, you know, mm-hmm. be a good host." I forget who it was. Was it Rosario Dawson? It may have been. I was. I was Claire Karen. They both came over. Yeah, I, I forgot. So you know that was one of the the scenes. Oh, maybe it was Claire at the night when she switched his shirt. When she changed mm-hmm. her shirt. Maybe that was it. And then we actually got you know a view of his apartment, which is which and is really cool. Times, like, yeah. The, the episode where he's recovering the, the, the Foggy v. Murdoch. Right. Nelson v. Murdoch. Yes. Um, yes. That was a much better. Yeah, because he yeah. he spent more but time in that episode. But he talks about a good deal on it because nobody wants to live in an apartment where there's a big billboard outside that's right. He's blind, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. Um, but kind of kind of transitioning from the, the coloring and, and, the, and the way that the all the sets look into the camera work and the camera cues. Yeah. Towards different things that were happening in the shows, like kind of regarding um when you could kind of see that he was honing in on one of his powers, not, not necessarily his powers, but one of his senses. So, like, there would be a scene where people would be talking, and then you would still hear basically what Matt was hearing, and it was just it was a, lot of, a lot of extra noise kind of coming in through the, through the, through the speaker of the TV, and then you would see everything kind of fuzzy out, and it would focus in on the one thing that they were listening to. And it was just really cool, these very subtle uh, hints as, as to what he was listening to, what he was talking about. Um, those were those were fantastic, and I love speaking of those. I love that they didn't give away what the hell his power was, like they did with the fucking movie, the echolocation yeah. Yeah. Batman, and and the fact that at the end with the water, that that was the reason that he could see, that he could see, which is bullshit. Yeah. That's not how his powers work. <laughs> um, but just he never explains it fully until um, Rosario Dawson asks him what it looks like, and he says it looks like a world, the on, world fire. on fire. Yeah, and then they kind of showed it a little bit, mm-hmm. and it was it was just this really fuzzy, you know. Kind of like you could see, see silhouettes of people that would just kind of be on fire or other mm-hmm. objects. It's just bright. But you know, people always ask, how does he, how does he know where things are? And it's because yeah. he can smell and hear and yeah. and feel these things, and he knows them because they're so they're, they're so in heightened yeah. that 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 he can that he knows that somebody's a couple floors down based on the cologne and how long it took to get to him. Right. And you know he knows. Yeah, that that was, that was a really cool part. Mm-hmm. We didn't tell because of the cologne. I could smell all these two goes down. Yeah, that was so cool. Like, and then so he can piece that together based on you know what, and he had to train that. It wasn't just natural. The show, right. like the show, scenes where he's in bed just screaming his head out when he's a kid because he has he hears all these voices. He can right. hear kids, you know, kids and gut and parents and adults screaming, and he has he can't do anything about it. So he has to learn to to, to focus in on that. And Stick helps him with that. The yep. the the, the monastery helps him with oh, that. that um, when he when he gets taken in by nuns, but they don't really show much of. They show it kind of when in the stick flashbacks, right? But in the stickbacks, in the stickbacks. But I do like that it's they don't they don't give away his powers and they hint towards it for a bunch of the episodes. And it's not and it's not that you see what he's seen all the time. They only showed that once. 
And every other time, they just kind of hint towards it with camera cues, with sound cues, that you know when something's happening. So I thought that that was great. That the whole the whole fade out and not the fade out, but the whole getting unfocused on what is actually happening on scene in front of you, and then that you kind of hear what what Matt is hearing. Right. And I thought those were really cool scenes. Yeah. Um, another one that pops out is the fire extinguisher scene, where the guy's running down the stairs. Oh God, yeah. Oh holding, my God. And he's holding the fire extinguisher, and you can just hear him kind of sitting there waiting for it. And you're wondering, like, he's gonna drop it. Like, you knew exactly what he was gonna do, mm-hmm. but you could tell he's just kind of trying to find the the perfect, um, I guess, like, acoustical, you know, trigger, mm-hmm. so he can drop the fire extinguisher and land it on the guy's head, which, mm-hmm. which was so cool. Whoever thought of that was just brilliant. Yeah, it, it was because he can't see him, but he's got a good idea he, he, where he, he is. can't see him, but he knows based on while he was walking, yeah, where he was going to be, right, and when he needed to drop yeah. it. It was so cool. It was so cool that he could tell, you know, that there was the gap in the stairwell that he was able yep. to drop it on. It was another cool thing. And then I'm going to go back to the um, camera work in the in the hallway fight scene. Again, I'm going to mm-hmm. keep going back to that because it's probably the most. No, no, no. Excuse me. Fight scenes in general. I wanted to talk about is we, the hallway we, we, one. We can get to that oh, in a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, I'll hold off on that. Hold, off, hold off on the fight scene. Yes. Um, we can finish up with some of the behind the scenes work. But, yes. Uh, the music was great. The, the theme song. Oh my god. The, the, yeah. The theme song was just perfect. Very nice. Uh, I like the thing use Blind Justice. Yeah. For it because it's in all the comic books, of course. Um, and just kind of the bleeding down of the daredevil in the city. Yes. It was very, How, yeah. It was kind of oh yeah. Brony, but they much yeah. better take on it because it was building the city out of. Out of blood. Out of blood, essentially, and, and just masking the city. Um, and I thought that that was just, like, I, I can think of the, song, the, the theme song now, and I just get goosebumps thinking about how good that was. Um, and, you know, I never really heard the end credits much because I binged right to the next episode, but they were pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that just overall, like, the camera work and the sound and the music, I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't an abundance of music and overdone cues. There was enough, there was enough in for the, the dialogue to breathe. Right. You know, the, the dialogue wasn't over over enunciated. There wasn't too much dialogue. There wasn't not enough dialogue in certain areas. I wasn't ever left from a scene thinking that was I heard too much information. They didn't placate to you. They didn't condescend to you. You know, it was treated like a big boy show for big boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. It just they don't. And there was very there was a little music here and there, and, and that was perfect. You could tell when something was going to happen, but it wasn't such heightened cues where you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Right, and it's pre- right. you're predicting what's happening before it even Everything happens. Everything flowed very well yes. with, with the music. Yeah. It, and with, you know, I mean, it, that's kind of the benefit of making a show that you are going, that, that with the purpose of binging it, they can make it flow that much better. Right. So like the flow of the show where, where there, where there were certain episodes that you could consider cool down episodes like Nelson V, like Nelson V Murdoch. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a cool down show because of what happened in the previous episode. You weren't, you know, it was just kind of one of those things where you have to kind of catch your breath. You're like, Oh my God, there's just, there's so much going on on screen. Right. Now I need to catch my breath. And you know, it's just kind of a good spot where you're still kind of advancing the story, but there's nothing completely over the top major going on, you can you can just kind of breathe and and like if if that sh- if that episode I was talking before if if that episode if these episodes were aired weekly, that would be a terrible episode yeah. because it would just yeah. be so out of place from what everything else was going on. Right. But when a show is designed to be binged and you're supposed to watch all 13 episodes in a row to make it one awesome long Marvel movie, right. it fits perfectly within within the episode itself within the show uh, run itself. So I don't think. It, you know, I, I, they're not going to change the way that they do that. They're not going to not. They're not going to unbinge the show, but 
that is something that's nice to see that they, they are taking into account that it's not just complete action because you do become numb to it. So there is have to be there has to be time to to kind of to just let the show breathe. Let, let you breathe, let you kind of uh, process what you've just seen for four or five episodes. Uh, I think the other kind of episode that makes you breathe is the one, I don't remember the exact episode, but it's the one where Fisk does come out in the in the spotlight to kind of help with everything. That's kind of a slow episode too. Um, I don't know what they're so about. it's the one where it's the one where he comes out and says that he's going to do whatever he can to help Hell's Kitchen, um, and it's the one where Vanessa's to his right and Wesley's behind him. And it's kind of it kind of starts the second. Every time you say Wesley, I keep thinking of Wesley. Wesley. But it's it's that episode right before everything starts to go to hell, essentially. Right. And it's a good it's a good episode to breathe in because then everything does go to hell, and then you can breathe again, and then you finish up the story. Right. Exactly. So that. That's probably a good place to stop for at least that uh, portion of, of the show. I'll, I'll let you go ahead and talk about fight scenes yes. because they, they must have meant more to you. I mean, they were good fights, they too, but they, I, I don't know if I, I wouldn't call it was the worst part of the show, but I was, I did this, other than the hallway fight scene, um, they were all very good, but I'll let you explain them. Well, the thing, the thing that stood out to me besides the hallway fight scene, which I'm just going to keep talking about, because that, that was like the crowning moment of the show, and I realized that, okay, this show's going to be fucking it's like great. A great episode. Yeah. This show's <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just saying, like, know, you know. Yeah. Oh, good. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But when you look at the fight scenes, you have, you know, versus any other fight scene in any other movie, you have, you know, the, the famous camera shaking garbage nonsense to to kind of help fake the fight scene mm-hmm. a little bit. These are so well choreographed and so well planned out that they know. Again, back into the. Um, the hallway fight scene where uh, where the camera has to be, where he has to turn, they have to everything timed out perfectly. So when you see him, and even in the one at the very end, at the at the climactic fight scene against him and and Wilson Fisk, mm-hmm. you know that was planned out so well. They had a bunch of different angles, and you didn't have that shaky camera scene, or you know there was no flying through the air with any other kind of superhero mm-hmm. fight scene, kind of like that where they're crashing through buildings. This is a one on one, you know fight brawl you know basically yeah play some character because his father was exactly a, was a boxer and yeah. wilson beat the shit out of his father to kill him right i mean that's that's how they fight that's how they know how to fight oh my god that's another great scene where he hits him over the head with that hammer oh my god oh my god and he's like hit him again hit him again oh my god that scene was so crazy that was gross. oh it was so crazy but but that's the fact of the fight scenes where fight scene. i think I got, yeah, it was. That was a fight scene. You're right. No, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But they're so they're so well done, and and I think that's the the part that I like the most. It's it's not you know they didn't uh, I guess kind of fake it like when you look at uh, Batman Begins where all those fight scenes were just you know real shot real close up. So you know it doesn't you know you don't have to pan out or you, you do want to pan out for these I should say to to show exactly what moves are being done and even the training with stick you know it had a real nice you know wide shot. And you'd see the kid, you know, doing a couple of twist kicks and flips in a row. And, and they shot off from a different angle. And he came at him from a different angle. And they worked that angle for a while. So it was really it was really refreshing to see when you have a superhero, what's, what do they do? They fight. They fight a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it was, very, it was very refreshing to see that you, you got to see the, the whole – you know the whole part of the body. You know, it wasn't shot waist up or anything. You know, anything stupid well, like that. Was a, he's a ninja and acrobat. He needs yeah. a whole body. Exactly. Like, he he uses everything to to his exactly. advantage. And he has to. And he has to. Yeah. It's great that he can and not. Oh, I'm gonna move there. It's great that he can and not doesn't feel like he's like half a superhero. Like, I mean, he doesn't have any other powers to rely on. Like like with like with Spider-Man, he's got his web slinging. Right. 
with Iron Man, he's got, you know, bullets and whatnot. Captain America's got a shield, Thor's got his hammer. I mean, if you take away their if you take away their weapons of those heroes, which one would win? Thor. I mean, I mean Thor's a god, Thor essentially. Well, Hulk might win because he doesn't have any weapons. Yeah. But I mean, Daredevil has to use his hands and his. Well, he's got his sticks. Yeah, his tompas or whatever. Yeah. Um, but even without those, for half the show he didn't have those. He only got That's them and true. Stick gave them to him. That's right. Um, but he, you know, he relied so heavily on, you know, cues from from the audio and cues from uh, just his senses that he, to, to kind of do it in his so, surroundings. So I think that he, you know, and there's a great. Oh my god! If you've ever, if you don't, if there's one comic Marvel comic series that you need to read, you need to read Civil War. Because there's an amazing fight sequence between, um, like Captain America and like Punisher and Daredevil and everything, and like it just it, it's really sad because you know they're on opposite sides. Because Civil War, you know, it pits Marvel against Marvel, right. but who's for what and, and everything. And you know, there, there's 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 some scenes that are, that are memorable about how like Punisher and Daredevil they won't fight back and to kill Captain America because they they have so much respect for him. And and it just that's really off topic, but that just made me think about it when we were talking about who would win in a fight. Yeah. Um, there's a really a, there's a really emotional scene about uh, Daredevil or about Punisher and Captain America and how Frank has so much respect for for Steve for, for Steve Rogers that he will not fight him. He won't even touch him. Just he's letting Steve beat the shit out of him. Yeah. But he just won't touch him because he has so much respect for Captain America. And it, it's really sad. It's a very sad scene. And uh, Frank Castle's actually. Rumoring he's going to be in the next uh, uh, Daredevil because he because Frankie Boy is part yeah. of that Hell's Kitchen yeah. area. Yeah, that'd be amazing. It'd be awesome. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same Frank Castle because they're all younger. Yeah, but it would just be cool to have him be a presence in the show because he is the kind of the opposite of Daredevil in the sense that he is the, the vigilante for for he's a vigilante for, for death. Yeah. So and it'd be really interesting if that was in the in the Spider Gwen comic series now they're actually working together, <laughs> which Dude, is really you, cool. You gotta give me those codes. You have them. You have one, two, three. You should. Oh, uh, well, I'll have to get you three then. But no, they they because they they talk about that how Murdoch is like the new kingpin or the new Wesley essentially, right, right. Uh, which is really kind of a unique take on it because I'd never thought that in my life that I would see Daredevil being like the bad guy, bad guy. Right. So um. But yeah, we were talking about fight scenes. Uh, was there any other major fight scenes? I mean, the, 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 head, the head falling off is ridiculous. The head falling off is really good. Um, the, the, the people killing themselves because they were afraid of what Fisk was going to do to them. Like the guy who yeah. puts his head through the spike. Yeah. Because Dare, Daredevil really won't cool. kill anybody, and he doesn't want to kill anybody. Yeah, but he wants, to, he wants to bring everybody to justice. He just wants the information, and he'll let them go. He's like, you know, you know basically his, his motto is, give me what you need, and then run away. Yeah. But not run away from me, run away from what you did wrong. Run away from your problem yeah. you're going to have by telling me all this information. Yeah. And so there were just so many just gruesome death sequences. You know, the head really? head getting fallen off, the spike through the, the head. Um, those are the two most memorable ones. I know there were some others that were just bad. Uh, Leslie, you know, Leland, not Leslie, Leland was the money guy. Uh, he uh, he got pushed into an elevator. He's not necessarily. I don't know if he's dead. I like that they left that ambiguous. Yeah, you don't really know. He, he could be back, which would be great if he's back because that would be a great adversary for for Wilson, the right. money guy. Right. Uh, Madame McGowan will be back. Um, we already mentioned that. I'm I'm really excited now. You mentioned a little bit about Punisher, but even more so about uh, Luke Cage. Ooh, and next Iron year. Fist and Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones is this year, which I'm glad that they're doing yep. two in one year. And I think Iron. 
it's going it's going Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Okay. So okay. Luke Cage is next year, Iron Fist is maybe also next year. Okay. And then their crossover miniseries, The Defenders, will be twenty seventeen. Okay. Supposedly. That's cool. That's been really cool. Um, but it, it, it helps since they're all going to be the same, you know, cinematic universe or TV. They're all the same. It's the, the, I, the hope, I hope I hope we have some cameos. I, you know, just like I, I said with the Flash and, and uh, Arrow. You're, you're, you know, it you're, doesn't need to be all the time, but every so often have them pop in. Well, that's what Luke Cage about. is going to be in Jessica Jones yes. because they are yes. they were friends yes. before this. Um, I think that if there is going to be a crossover, it would be the Jessica Jones comic, just because she is the retired superhero. Right. Who's now like the private eye helping superheroes? Uh-huh. So that would be your best option for cameo. But the only superheroes that they've kind of announced so far, they're not. They don't need a counselor <laughs> per se. They right, don't need right. that. So there won't be. I don't think there'll be too many cameos until the Defenders. And by that time, you know, we won't have uh, half the heroes anymore because we'll be switching to the new Avengers. Yeah, maybe. So Cappy, Cappy will be done after uh, Captain Three: Civil War. Uh, that's when uh, Iron Man's done. Yep. Uh, Thor, I don't think they have any set dates for when he's done, but I know he has one more movie on contract. Uh, and Hulk is kind of he's 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 a weird one. Hulk is always up in the air because you can't do any standalone movies with them because they're just not that good. It's 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 odd that that they haven't been able it's, to get that work after three movies. It's well, it's tough. The 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 whole Banner character is just a, is a tough one to put on film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the TV show was okay in the '60s, but you can't replicate that. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Ant Man coming up, and the, all the all the TV shows coming up. Uh, Maria Hill, you know, Colby Smolders. Yes, she's going to permanently join the cast of Agents of Shield. Oh, really? Because you know, Himium's done. Right. She's not doing anything else. Right. Yeah, so, that's she couldn't get any other work out of that. I don't think. She, I think. I think part of it may have been, uh, maybe filming contractually. I mean. You know, she's married to Taryn Killam, so I'm wondering if she didn't want to be gone for so long doing so, certain types of filming. And yeah, she's got a couple of babies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, but, I, wonder, I wonder if doing doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, you know, and she doesn't have to be in every episode, but she right. can be in half the episodes, and they'll still add some flair uh, from the cinematic universe, because right. she was in Avengers, and that'll tie it better than just having uh, Alive Again, Dead Again, Alive Again, uh, Phil Coulson. Right, exactly. I don't, I don't get that at all. That's what kept me... From not watching Avengers: uh, Agents of Shield, they they explained so it weird. apparently. Yeah, I don't care. Okay, I, I really I really didn't get into that, but I don't know. The continuity of the show, since we've already touched on it a lot, we'll get away from fight scenes. Uh, the continuity is supposedly the show takes place after Age of Ultron. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter because New York gets destroyed twice, but they do make a lot of awesome, very inside references about the destruction of New York and how everything's rebuilding, which is why yeah. Hell's Kitchen is rebuilding. Yeah. Um. But it is supposed to take place after Age of Ultron, which I was a little disappointed that it didn't come out after Age of Ultron, but after seeing the show and them not making any actual references to it, it's fine with me. I mean, we knew that New York was going to get destroyed again. Well, there's there's a couple um, of scenes where you see, like, newspaper clippings of, you know, New York getting beat yeah, down. Yeah, but there, it doesn't give away anything. No. Stark Tower is in the background, too, which is awesome. Yes. There, yes. are some, there are a few scenes of the New York skyline where they do actually have Stark Tower. No, Star, Stark Tower's on the west no, they have the, coast? They have the one on the east coast, too, because the Avengers building got destroyed. Oh, I so there's a new Stark Tower. Oh, okay, okay, okay. There's a new Stark Tower on the, on the, west coast, on the east coast. Yeah, I always thought he was west coast. Well, he is, originally. His his, his business is, was east was west, but now okay. he's east as well. Anyway, it's in the background. You can see the big A on the, for like the Avengers oh, on it. It's really that. cool. 
Um, it's 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 only in a couple seconds. You okay. you have to you would have to go back and watch it. Okay. I had to watch it. I looked it up online after I was like, oh, I missed that. Sure. Shit, gotta go back and watch it. Um. But yeah, it, it takes place in the same cinematic universe, which is something that Marvel's doing great since 2008. Yeah. Making it great since 08. <laughs> Should be the tagline. <laughs> they got to hire us for marketing or something. Yeah, because that would sell nothing. It's <laughs> way too cheesy. Uh, but then we had talked about with all the other TV shows coming in. and uh, they're just, they're, they, It'll just be interesting to see where they go with the Daredevil show if they, if they just add... A couple other heroes to it, like like a Punisher, uh, to to the to the episode to the to the show instead of making a separate Punisher show or movie. I think I hope that's how it is. I hope we just don't see TV show after TV show after TV show. I think it's nice like if you want to incorporate you know the Punisher just for another example, maybe have him in you know like you said half the episodes where he's still there. And these are hour long episodes too, so they, they, that's okay if he's only in you know. Six episodes a season. Yeah, you know that's that's fine. But he's, I mean, because he has his own stuff to do. Once exactly, done, exactly. You, you don't want a separate show to show his things when because everything's just going. On. Everything's just going to get oversaturated, mm-hmm. and you're going to have a TV show for everybody, and it's, and it's not going to work. It's it's it just it can't. You can't have a TV show for every single character in the Marvel universe. You know, it, it just it would be so odd. So when you have little cameos. Uh, here and there, that that's that's perfect. I think that that's how it, that's how it needs to be. And, and but for Jessica Jones, for Iron Fist, for Luke Cage, sure, fine, give them their own show. You know, well, you, that, you, you, you need to. That's setting you know? up. That's setting up defenders. So right. Would need to have. That. So and that, and that's and that's fine. So but not everybody needs it. So you want to pop in Spider Man. You want to pop in you know Punisher. You know Fantastic Four. Whatever you know whatever superheroes are out in Manhattan. Ghost Rider. I don't know. You know, I mean, it can it can happen where you where you can start to kind of tease and pander to the fans a little bit, you know, and give them a, give them a crossover every so often. I think, which I think they'll definitely do. I don't I don't see them being strictly Daredevil, and and if they don't, I mean, I'm going to be okay with it. I mean, they just did the whole season. If, you know, if the next two three seasons that they make are just Daredevil and they only make hints and references, I'll be fine with that. It clearly works. You know, I'd like to see how many how many seasons they will go because it's not. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't think. I don't think they've had good success at extending shows beyond certain points. I mean, look at look at you know Thor two compared to Thor one. Yeah. Uh, you know, Captain America two introduced Winter Soldier and and uh, Iron Falcon or whatever the hell the guy's name is. Black Falcon? Black Falcon. No, that can't be right. It, well, there is a Black Falcon character, but I thought he was Iron Falcon. Just I don't to, remember. to to not have racism like, or maybe in he's there. Just Falcon. Yeah, it might be. He's in the new Avengers movie, but you know they introduce all these characters and they're not going to have separate movies, and that's great. They need to do that. Yes, yes. But the second movie and third movie, Iron Man Two, was not as good as Iron Man One. You know, Daredevil has a lot of source material, just like all of these heroes do. And in a movie, or in a, in a movie, you're trying to fit as much as you can into two and a half hours. With this TV show, they fit actually as little as they could about the about the about the TV show, but just enough within 13 episodes. Right. So they didn't spoil. You know, fifty years of of a hero by introducing way too much within you know within two hours within two episodes. They, you know, there was there was the slow burn up to up to Wilson Fisk. There was you know the, the even slower burn of Foggy and, and Murdoch mm-hmm. learning that. You know, there's lots of different things that they that where they can go now that they haven't touched because they just did focus on one small story. And there's other villains in the Daredevil universe. They just oh, yeah. focused on Fisk and Madame Gao yeah. for the most part. And even Madame Gao is, is going to be in the other TV shows because she is a key part of, of these uh, of all of, these characters. Of these characters. Yeah. Um, 
Except for maybe Jessica Jones. I don't know too much about her other than me private, either. Other than private, other than it's Veronica Mars detect, uh, Veronica Mars in superhero space. Yeah. So it could be interesting. Um. Yeah. Do you have any other final thoughts of the show? Any where, where do you in, hope it in, goes from here? In closing, yeah. We're okay. This okay. Where I hope it goes from here is really just to stay as close to season one as possible, just to keep it as true to that first season, as dark and as gritty, and and you don't have to force anything on people. You can have, mm-hmm. like like Ryan said, that slow burn, where you're still trying to figure out, you know, if it's really Wilson Fisk that they're talking about, which, I mean, everybody kind of knew, but you yeah, know, that's, but, that's okay. It, yeah. You know, and then they, you know, slowly, you know, introducing Vanessa, but if, and what's that yeah, relationship going to be like? If you're not, I mean, if you're not familiar with Anything about Daredevil and you do avoid spoilers online, yeah. you don't know that Wilson Fisk is Kingpin, and that's, that's great. True. Yeah, that's great because yeah. he doesn't become Kingpin until yeah. he's in until he's in prison, which he's in now. Right, and it looks like Vanessa's actually going to be the first Kingpin, which would yeah, be pretty kidding. cool. Yeah, that'll be really sweet if if it, if it ends up happening. So it'll be really interesting to see uh, exactly uh, how that goes and what she does. Um, and I, I did, I, I do hope that the show stays, you know, as, as bloody and as gruesome as it did in the first it, season. Because that, that, that's how it works it, so well. And it's not like we like blood. No. It's more, but it, it, has that, it has that noir gritty realism to it. That and, we, it's, everything else seems so sterile compared yeah, to this. Like, how can you have a PG-13 Punisher movie? How can you have a PG-13 Batman movie? Mm-hmm. Like, these are dark, gritty comic books. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you can't, that happens. When someone gets punched in the face, you're going to lose some teeth. You're going to break a nose. That causes blood to happen. But, I mean, it's in the sense of, you know, Murdoch and Frank Castle. Yeah. Know, Frankie doesn't have any superpower. No. He's just, he's, he's a badass enough to kill he, shit. He's, 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 just, he's highly trained, and he's very vengeful. Yeah. And, you know, Murdoch is blind, and he has some power, but his power isn't strength. In any event, he had to train himself right, to, be, right. to be like that. So it's really nice to see these down-to-earth... More humanized versions of, quote, superheroes. Yeah, they are still heroes, and they are true heroes. They're not just fake ones that have, that have come out, but... It's nice well, to- I meant super, like, super-powered. Yeah, they're not, yeah, they're definitely not super-powered, other than a little he, bit of... He can hear really well and smell really well. He can, he can hear and smell. He doesn't regenerate, though, and he literally just castle. No, that's why he has, no. That's why Castle had the Rebecca Romain character. Right. Uh, well, she didn't. She wasn't the nurse, was she? She just stiffed them up. Yeah, and then like Claire, you know, twice, and, yeah. and night nurse, and she actually may have been night nurse. Now that I think about it, yeah. And Claire, Claire. I don't think they were thinking this far ahead. Claire Temple was night nurse for for Daredevil, but I I would be interested. I would love to see both of them make cameos in Civil War. Yeah, because they are essential to the the Tony Stark side of the Civil War. Um, where they're I think they're supposed to be like yeah before the registration or against the registration. Um. But that'll be interesting to see in Captain Man, Captain Man, Captain America Man, <laughs> Captain America Man 3.4, the Civil War, uh, because after that, there's no more, the, the, the four core Avengers are going to be gone. And supposedly there's a death in this one of one of the four characters. I don't know who, I mean, of course it's tight-lipped if there is right. one. I hope there is. I, I hope. I think it's going to be Thor. I think that seems to be where it's pointing. Yeah. Based on all the trailers and seeing like Mjolnir stuck in the ground and Captain trying to pick it up and everything. Maybe. Um, but the other ones, we already know that it's not Captain and Iron Man, so that leaves Hulk and and uh, Thor. And unfortunately, Hulk, Hulk Hulk's, can't die. Hulk's DNA prevents yeah. him from dying. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, it, 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 it maybe it could be Hawkeye where, or Blackwood or something. Where do you see the show going, uh, or where do you want it to go? Um. I mean, I, I do want to see. I want to see Alistair Smythe, like I said before. I want to see more 
dark detective work. I want to, and I want to see a little bit more on the lawyer side a little bit. Yeah, you know, I need more lawyer themes because a lot of a lot of the comic book does revolve in the courtroom. Yeah, um, very little of it is is him taking vengeance on Kingpin. He's actually in the comic books. He's more um, he's more gathering information for his court cases right. by by doing uh, what he does, right? As as opposed to uh, just doing it on the side because there was no they they only had one case. Two cases. Two cases, I think. They, they had, well, they had, the, well, the, the case got thrown out. The only case that actually went to trial was the one about the guy who killed the, in the bowling alley. He literally killed right. him, and they had to defend right. that there was no evidence towards right. it. That was the only lawyering scene for real yeah. in, in the show. So, so the, there has to be more of that, mm-hmm. and, and maybe they'll, they'll get to that and, and work at it a, a little bit more. That That's what I would really like to see, is, is a little bit more. It doesn't need to be all the time lawyering, but like Ryan said, do a little detective work to help you with your lawyering to help take down the kingpin and his allies. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's how it should work. That's that's the mo of of Daredevil. And I think I'd like to see, um, I think I'd like to see some more. I'd like to see introduction of the other uh, villains. I'd like to see Bullseye come in. Oh God, yeah, I'm so excited. I'd like I'd like to see Bullseye, Bullseye come in. He yeah. should be coming in with the with the ninjas next next season or the season after. I mean it. I don't think you should introduce both in one season, but you can make hints towards at least Bullseye coming in. You know, do the Ninja Guild or the Ninja Group first, right? And then do, you know, mention mention about Bullseye, and then he can be season three. Or maybe at the villain. end of those last two episodes, you can have him come in and then cliffhanger, what you know, whatever. But yeah, I don't, I or, or maybe they'll prove us wrong. Maybe they can find a way to put them both in there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if, if they're going to do the the ninjas, they can do Electra also because she's yep. you know she's a. She's a big part of the story, yeah, she so. Yeah, she, she was a lot of but she's also evil. I mean, she's not... They have a little thing, right? and and then that ends up poorly, and they end up becoming enemies. Right. So a lot of people think that because of the movie, in the movie they weren't enemies. Movies and, are lovers. And I mean, they are in the comic series, but they don't stay like that. And no. that's that's what's great, is that, you know, he, he does try... He finally finds somebody really to get to kind of trust in. And, you know, she kind of, you know, fucks him up because he's an assassin. Who can't die? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She, well, she does die, but she can get re- she can get resurrected. Um, that's you know, if you watch the movie, that's a vague way of how it works. Um, yeah, I'd like to see them go. I'd, I'd like I'd like to piece it out to having more lawyer stuff. Um, I mean, Kingpin's always around, so you, you would never write him out of the show ever. No, no, and he doesn't have to be the main villain in season two. He would. He especially would... says he's going to be in jail. I don't know where they're going to leave it off. In the next season, but he, he can run things from jail. He doesn't have to be the main villain. Somebody else could take over. They can bring in the ninjas. They can do something with Bullseye. So there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot I mean, of options. He, he would be more of the 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 boss villain for the B stories because if he's yeah. going to be doing the lawyering stuff, he's going to be Matt's going to be uh, you know on the defense against almost all of Kinpin's guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so that he would be in there in those courtroom scenes. Uh, I think it's just it's gonna we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, we're still talking two years in it in, uh, off in the distance, right? And it hasn't even been a confirmed second season, so who, <laughs> who knows what they're gonna need to do? But I think that if this is any indication, if this shows any indication of where they're going in the future on the Marvel Netflix shows, we're gonna be just fine. I think it's gonna <laughs> be great. I mean, I I know that Jessica Jones yeah. won't be this gritty. It's going to be Veronica Mars comedy. Um, but it'll still be serious in the sense oh, yeah. that she has a private eye. So, but, and, but the way they put this together and how true it was to the comic books, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're gonna have a problem at all with the with the other shows. No, I think I think we're gonna be just fine. 
And I think I mean, this is a good one to start off with because more people know about Daredevil than they do Iron Fist, than they do with Luke Cage, and they do with Jessica Jones. Yeah, well, Jessica Jones, anybody knows about. Luke Cage, they kind of know about because wasn't he... He was in something else, too. Uh, I think people get Luke Cage confused because it sounds like one of the characters in Mortal Kombat. Yes, it does. Luke Cage. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they might get that confused. Um, but, yeah, and Iron Fist is, sounds like Iron Man. So they, they have really poor name recognition for these heroes. They're not... They're not quite as popular, but and that's fine. They yeah, they, yeah, they shouldn't be. I think I think they're gonna be very popular after these shows hit. Yeah, I think we're gonna find that out. It'll be interesting to see what Marvel, not Marvel, the the comic Marvel, does with these heroes after the Secret Wars reboot, right. where they're converging every universe into one universe. Yeah. So we'll see. I give the show if we want to do like final ratings. Two thumbs up for the show. Definitely, definitely at least two thumbs up. Um, I. I don't like giving things perfect ratings because there is always some room for improvement. I mean, I do have some perfect tens on my ratings for IMDb because they do have that really special place within me. Um, I think this would be a nine or a 9.5 and I can only get full numbers. So it would probably be a nine. Um, there was something, the only things that I would really change about the show might be, I would give Foggy less of the really crappy comic relief and give him more of a story presence, and maybe they'll get to that when there's more lawyering because he yeah. is supposed to be the he is supposed to be the smart you know lawyer of, of right, them and everything, right. and really he was kind of relegated a bit to comic relief uh, with with the scenes with Karen. Which and, fits. Well, it, it fits it fits because they need that in the story, right? But it just I I don't know I think I think I hate the I hate the the the, the smart cop dumb cop dynamic that a lot of these things have or, right, right. and in this case it was the the brutal lawyer and the happy-go-lucky let's drink at josie's all the time lawyer right, right. so that would be the only thing i would change and it wasn't uh eldon's fault he did a fantastic job it's just next season i would like to see more of him mm-hmm. i'd like to see him take more of a center stage role and in the comics he dies uh, fake fakes his death because they're coming after him in daredevil so which is really cool they won't get to that in second season i doubt but um, or any season, I don't think they will, but it, it'll just be nice to see him take more of a center stage instead of it just being about Daredevil taking down Kingpin, since he's already t- been taken down. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what they do. There's no, there's no big mass breakouts like there are in the Batman universe where Arkham just explodes and all the villains come out. They don't do that in in Marvel as often. No. Or ever. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a large prison break. In, in the Marvel universe, not that I can think yeah, of. Maybe, maybe this. Well, be they did break out Magneto out of uh, Days of Future Past. But that wasn't a large, that wasn't a large, it was just one character. Uh, Like when Arkham, uh, all the villains came out when Arkham was like that. So, but I mean, I don't think that we can't really count X-Men Days of Future Past because that's not the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Good. (laughs) Which sucks because Quicksilver is no longer the son of Magneto. And they're not mutants. They're not mutants. Her Her and Scarlet Witch, or him and Scarlet Witch, are not mutants, they are inhumans, because they can't use mutants, because Fox owns the rights to mutants. Right. Because they bought that when Marvel was short on money. That's so funny. There's a lot of weird things with all those, with all those, those rules, those, yeah. Who owns what property, and what they can do and say, and see property, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, that brings us to a close. Let's do a vault. I don't even know. I have, I have no vault pick. Good, I got one. Daredevil with Ben Affleck. No. Elektra with Jennifer Garner. No. Uh... Uh, no. uh, uh, no, I'm gonna say uh, the very first episode of the animated Spider-Man series, which I believe is still on Netflix. You think it is? I believe so. There's a lot of Spider-Man Netflix. Right now. We talked about it. 
a little bit. There's, I know that they have the new one that's on like Disney XD or something. Right. Um, but I don't know. You'll have to look it up. I will look it up. Why are you picking that one? Why are picking? Why are you picking that one? That's the one that really, you know, because it, it's so um, familiar to me uh, now more than it was before. Is because I got a lot of yeah, just checking out the recent figure. I don't know. I don't know if I'm looking up on you. Because of uh, how it introduced the character of the Kingpin to me. Yeah, and Wilson Fisk and Monster Smith. Uh, the only ones that are on Spider there. That's the, not it. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. No, nope, nope. oh, they, they used to have it. They they, they must have dropped it. And then Ultimate Spider-Man. Nope, that's not it either. It's 2012. It's still on Disney. Yeah. Um, let's check really quick. Okay. Um, you do that. But I was going to say um, that it, it helped introduce Kingpin to me, so I had a, a much better understanding of Kingpin coming into watching the the Daredevil series. Was was this before, during, or after the large influx of DC animation? This was during. This was during, okay. I think so. I think this was this was like mid nineties time when it was on. I remember watching it like in middle school, high school time. That uh-huh. would have been. So it was yeah, it was one of those great shows that you you just watch all the time. It was very, very good. It's one of the, it's, it's, almost, it's kind of a rivaled anime, a Batman animated series for a while, you know, with 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 how good it was. So, I'm not finding it. So I think we'll have to we'll have to YouTube it. My guess is, is it one that was just called Spider Man? Yep, that's the one. Okay, that is the full season one supposedly is on YouTube. Cool, go check that out. <laughs> I love it. Otherwise, it doesn't look like it's like... Yep, 1994 to 1998, like, red, red for four seasons, and it's absolutely amazing. TV.com has some episodes on it. Some yep. Episodes, yep, so go, go, check, go check those out. Kingpin makes uh, a lot of appearances in that show, so it's Ooh, pretty, it's pretty fantastic. It's J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, if you just go to TV.com, it looks like they have at least 61 episodes. It's not making all of them. Um, it could be. So there, it's, it's there as well. So it is available to watch. Um, it has an 8.8. I guess is good. I don't know. There's only 61 episodes. So it has season 14. Or episode 14 of season 5. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's a fantastic series. Please check it out. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody again for listening to us today. Um, and I hope you all enjoyed the Daredevil series as much. And I hope we didn't give you too many spoilers. Hopefully you will watch it. If we if we spoiled it enough, please go watch it still. Yeah. You'll like it. You won't be disappointed. It's us talking about it doesn't quite do it the justice that that that, 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 it, that it deserves yeah the justice that Mental it deserves Desert, is that the one you're talking about yeah it's first it's just the one that kicks it off Spider-Man's battle zone teacher when new york state university science professor dr kurt connors yep is transformed into a monstrous lizard creature as a side effect of an experiment that allows lost limbs to grow back aka the plot of amazing spider-man yep but Still a good show. Um, yeah, it's just one of those. It's just one of those episodes that kind of gets you into the series, and you can just go binge watch it because it's so fantastic. So. If you can find a place to binge watch it, binge watch it. Yeah, it's it's a great show. It really is. It's a lot of fun, and the, and it has one of the greatest um theme songs openings of all time. TV.com has it. So you actually can watch almost all the episodes on TV.com, which is weird. I never even thought that TV.com would have episodes. Yeah, well there they are. Yeah, well we <laughs> can we have our money now. TV.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com
uh, talk about that. <laughs> I think I think we could probably find one or one or two. Mm-hmm. And this is more in uh, response to the really awful pixels uh, trailer that Adam Sandler movie. Did you see that yet? No, I oh, haven't. I you haven't don't. You need to not watch it because it okay. just kills <laughs> any allure that Adam Sandler still had if he had any, which he doesn't. He doesn't. But it's He's got nothing. No, it, it's a really terrible movie that is coming out, and it's based on video games. Okay, but okay. think of the episode of uh, Futurama where Fry, yeah, uh, the Nintendo sixty four. Sure. So think about that stretched out to two hours, done about ninety eight percent worse. Oh God. <laughs> Because they are attacking the space invaders. Sure, sure. So, yeah. Think of that. Think of it worse, and that's what you're going to get with that movie. So we'll talk about video game movies, kind of what the first one was, uh, why there haven't been any good ones. Yeah. Uh, and we'll kind of, we'll probably list our least favorite. Like, I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to get a list of 12 good ones, so we'll have, most likely do our least favorite. But yeah, we'll probably have to. So, thanks again for everybody for joining us, and uh, we will see you next time. Yes. We will, we will, we will be back in the original studio next week after with, everything with gets the microphone and everything. Yeah. Yay! All right, I'm Brian. I'm Ryan. Take it easy. This has been another episode of Sweet Twelve from Brian Bourne and Ryan Goble. The preceding podcast was written and produced by Brian Bourne and Ryan Goble. Intro and outro music provided by Lost in a Name. All of the copyrights to the respective authors. You can find us on Twitter at Sweet Twelve and on Facebook at Sweet Twelve Podcast. Download this and previous episodes on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening.